make it as big and open like that. Super right. Drafty. Yeah. Like, no matter so how much it. it's running all day, like it never really warms everything up. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what we're dealing with here. But What's uh, up, man. What's up? Oh, roller coaster of emotions, boys. How, how, how you how you doing over there? And scale of one to ten, how optimistic are you right now? Four. All right, Four. that's that's actually higher than I thought. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. good. I mean, because honestly, uh, I would say like what, what's it? Um, six o'clock now here. I would say three hours ago is that like a zero. So, I think four is a definite step in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you just got to hope they can get everything thought out by Thursday. Hopefully, yeah. I mean, what bad. we have to pray for, honestly, is that the snow just isn't as bad as they say it's going to be. If it's two to that's four inches, I, dude, then that, we're that, fine. That's what I've been reading, man. Everything's been going down. All the, yeah. the 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 chance of a lot of snow, the severity, and then there's nothing on Thursday. So, uh, th- yeah. there's there's still hope. There's still. So hope. I know there's nothing on Thursday, and we knew that, but you know, it's really going to depend on how tomorrow shakes out. So, yeah. You know, if we get an inch of snow or whatever, like, I, you know, I have a, a feeling that we'll be good. I mean, my hope is like fucking worst case scenario, man. Like we get out there later Thursday, like, yeah, it would fucking worst blow. case like you get we'd, a couple yeah. hour delay or something. Exactly. Yeah. We'd miss a whole yeah. day of it, but, you know, it's better than missing the entire thing. So definitely we'll see. I mean, best case scenario is, you know, Chris was able to find that flight. I don't know how he was able to find it, but he's got that. And, you know, we're just able to get yeah. out you know thursday morning and we'll be you know with you guys thursday you know midday so fingers fucking crossed man i'll be saying some hail marys and a few our fathers before bed tonight full, like how full fucking grace, bullshit baby. is it dude that i'm in texas and i'm the one that has to worry about getting out of <laughs> ne- never would have yeah. thought this in a million years it's, like it's in, very in the fucking timing dude like next week it's gonna be almost 70 degrees just a freak storm dude well it, it's, it's like texas that it's on its knees right now it's like that picture of the entire continental United States where like literally everywhere except Florida is just yeah 30 degrees I saw or that. less. Yeah. It's wild. I don't think I've ever seen anything like this before. How about uh man um you know those freezing cold takes on Twitter where they'll go back in history and like like screenshot a tweet that like was just an absolute stupid take uh you know however long ago well I mean, yeah. if we could put, if we could pull up our my conversation, I'm, I think it was actually might have been on this podcast where I was like, "Guys, come down to Texas in February. It'll be nice. It'll be like 60s, Dude, this 70s. this would have been the week we were going. I know. Yeah. Imagine yeah. that. Yo, it's colder there. It's February vacation for Adam, no matter what. So right. it would have been this week. We would have been right. down there. And it would have been colder than New England. Balls off, dude. There, everyone where everywhere would have been closed. We <laughs> Not been being able, able to, to leave anything. the house. We still would have had fun, England. but yeah, th- Miami sounds much better. Good God, it's got to be weird though, being a born and bred New Englander, being in being in Texas and seeing like true Southerners, just true Texans, having to deal with an inch of snow and seeing how the entire area deals with it. It must be pretty fucking frustrating in general. Yeah, I think um, I think people were digging it. Like, I think people down here, like I was at a, a work lunch Friday um, and, you know, he's like, we were laughing because I was like, dude, I, you know, I, I've made this joke like this week. I was like, look, I didn't even want this job. Like, all I wanted to do is just move out of New England and get out of like the cold, <laughs> shitty weather. And 
I dragged it down here. And he's like, ah, I know, but you know, it's like people here in Texas, man, they like, they like snow. Like they get it so little that whenever it does happen, yeah. it's like a novelty. It's like a special, and, yeah, a special occasion. And uh, that was like his take on Friday. But I think at this point <laughs> with all the rolling blackouts and how fucking hard we've been hit, I don't, I don't think many people are still uh, enjoying the novelty of it. So I think Do you know anybody who's gone. lost power? Yeah. Um, term. Uh, Terminisi lost power. He's been without power like on and off. Uh, my colleague down here. And how far is he from you? Twenty minutes. So it's just oh, super lucky, like dude. It's just like neighborhood, neighborhood by neighborhood. Like Erica and I went out yesterday yeah. to grab something, and you know you can tell basically like which neighborhoods are down because of you know the the streetlights. Um, yeah. You know, like neighborhoods ten minutes down the road were, you know, out. So we got super lucky. So. What was it? Just the system. What couldn't the system handle the demand because of the heat? The heat demand, yeah. So what is same, same, same deal with there? like L, same deal with like L.A. and the rolling blackouts because of like you know people needing to cool down their house. Opposite yeah, back down here, yeah. So everybody has electric heat. Uh, yeah. Like nobody uses yeah, oil I or have, natural gas. I have electric heat. Yeah. So, okay, so they're just like overtaxing the system. Mm. Yeah, it'd yeah. be pretty brutal having no heat with. 20 degree 10 you guys really want to see me spiral out of control wait till i lose fucking power oh god hopefully it's not during the recording for 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 the sake of your loved ones and future kids i hope that does not happen yeah my mental stability is like i'm very fragile right now (laughs) i can tell (laughs) i mean Um, i it's yeah i i i get it i mean it's i I would be just as exactly i would be especially with everything that's happened and all the build up to this to this trip you know right. we've all been talking about it forever i i get it i, I would I, be in this i would be feeling the same way you are yeah i think in a normal world like i would still be freaking out i'd be pissed off but i'd also know that like oh well i saw these guys a few times last year like i'll see them again like you know this year or whatever like now it's like we haven't done anything together like we've seen each other but we haven't done anything like this together since 20 fucking 19 and like we've been looking at you know yeah. forward to this for months now and so yeah, it's like, yeah that, you're right, that was the last big trip yeah well it's like, i'm gonna say that you guys having power is 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 uh, a lucky sign it's a good omen it's a sign from the gods yes okay good we'll take it we'll take I'm going, it i'm going with that and and mo just had a meal so that's got to help something <laughs> that was great i just had some food <laughs> <laughs> wait what was the what was the uh the quote I'll, I'll I meant to say here. there's still good in this world, and it came out as there's still food in this world. <laughs> that is true. There, there yep. is. Yes, there is still food regardless in this of, world. Regardless Whether of what Whether in happens. Miami or Texas, there is food. Yeah, so I, I've been subject uh, to the uh, Mo roller coaster of emotions the last 48 hours. I'm trying to be your cheerleader, keeping it positive. I appreciate it. I basically like outsourced as much positivity as I can. So <laughs> to everybody else, yeah, just gonna have faith in the faith in the forecast, faith in the weather forecast. I think it's trending in your direction in a good way. So we'll see. Fingers crossed. Um, so we got we got a good show today. I think stay woke's gonna be fucking packed, Adam. Huh? <sighs> Jesus hope we have Christ. enough time. Yeah, we oh, we, we better make sure we get through the other stuff before Mo's gonna go to bed. You yeah. know, it's gonna be it could be Early, a very long. You and I can wrap up tonight. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. 
Wait, so, uh, on a side side um side note, what time is your flight, Mo? Out of curiosity. Uh not that bad. It's uh boardings, I think seven fifty five, so I think eight thirty five departure. Okay. Where are you guys? Six fifteen. <laughs> Fuck that. Yeah. But dude, that's so early. Is Tom the same flight? Tommy's on the same flight. I actually was what, very going surprised out? going out. Yeah. yeah. Well, the other Wait, the other option was Wednesday, six fifteen yeah. tomorrow morning. Oh, so you guys will have all of Wednesday. You guys have yeah. all of tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, that was kind of the thinking. And the other option was to just take the same flight I was going to take on Thursday, but just take it on Wednesday. But I, I would have been we've been pulling in like around four, you know. So I'd rather get in early and just suck it up. I mean, I'm I'm going to yeah, be up. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah, it's a sleep on take the plane. Take a nap on the plane. You'll exactly. have that vacay energy going. Yeah. Yeah, it's not not much vacay energy going right now. It's been pretty pretty boring, but I can't complain. It's it's not working. So, hey, um, random side topic before we get started. So while I was waiting to um, for Tai to activate the meeting, I was on Facebook and I saw um, Tunde just sold his house or put his house on the market. Mm. Um, had open houses. This is how crazy the housing market is in New England right now. Had open house on. Saturday. This is a Cape in Warwick. Nice home, but like nothing special. I think it was listed for like 275. Had 21 offers, all of them above asking price since the open house on Saturday. How absurd is that? And, and it, we put it on the market on Saturday. You want to know what's even crazier? I've, I, unfortunately, for my, my own uh, sanity, I follow my realtor on Facebook who posts. I don't know, 10 times a day at a minimum. Yeah. Um, and one thing she was saying was, you know, obviously I think it's a national, uh, you know, housing market impact, right? It's a very, you know, seller friendly market right now. She said uh, one of the sellers agents that she was working with reached back out to her to like give her feedback and say like, Hey, you know, sorry, we didn't move forward with you. They got 64 <laughs> offers. It's so fucked up, Jesus. man. It's so fucked up. I might like, sell. Man, this is a this is a I crisis. say now might be the time, Ty. <laughs> I'm coming back home. That's insane. Yeah. Could you what? The, how do you even fucking comb through sixty four offers? Just pick the biggest oh. number, I guess, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what a realtor's yeah. for. It's just like show me the best number. Yeah. Show me the money. But I, I just found that wild for Warwick, Rhode Island. Twenty one offers, all above asking for a and like. That looking at, I'm looking at houses. Like we look at houses like every other day. Just happen to I get alerts for Realtor.com and Zillow and all that. Success like, is on the horizon. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, but <laughs> the uh, like of every ten houses I see, like eight of them are in Warwick, and there's very little anything else. So Warwick is definitely the hot spot right now for for real estate, but not if you're a buyer. Is that the uh, biggest, like, Providence probably is population-wise, but is that Warwick the biggest town um, in Rhode Island? I don't know. Biggest town? Well, yeah, I guess I well, think it goes city, right? Providence. Yeah, it goes Providence, Cranston. They I usually think landmass-wise, isn't it Coventry? Or, yeah. like, is it yeah, square like, miles? Yeah, square yeah. miles, it's, it's Coventry. But, um, yeah, it's Providence, Fuck Cranston, yeah. and I think Warwick's third. Mm-hmm. See town? Well, We'll uh, we'll dive into this on uh, the episode of uh, the real estate pod that we do next. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So, like I said, we've got some good stuff. Stay woke is going to be heavy. 
Uh, I Super contributed heavy. a little bit this time. Um, so I think Adam's going to have his hands full. We're going to be um, so fucking, we're going to be bursting at the seams with wokeness. I mean, we're going to go into Not Miami. I think new, new people. I think we're going to be yeah. totally accepting. I think we're going to totally be able to shed all of our, you know, white privilege and guilt. You know, if hopefully, o- hopefully, man, hopefully within an hour's time or an hour and a half time. Yeah. Um, so uh, what do I have today? I've got um, so we didn't really talk about it much via text, but I'm especially curious to hear Mo's thoughts on the Nira Tandon confirmation. For those of you who don't know, she is uh, now our uh, the head of the office. Uh, what is it? OMB management budget. I don't, I don't actually know what her job is. Yeah. So she did get confirmed. She did get confirmed. Um, so we'll go into why that's kind of fucked up. Um, we've got the political president of the Center for American Progress. That's what she her former title was. Oh. She's uh, now the head of the Office of Management Budget. She like she controls the budget okay. and all that kind of stuff. Um, we are gonna get into. Do you guys see the? Uh, whole like Politico scandal with that guy TJ Ducklow, who's uh, like a press secretary admin and had a relationship with a reporter at Politico when it got publicized. Was and... he the guy who resigned like yesterday or today? Correct. Correct. So I, I didn't see the article, I just saw it was one of the clips from Rising today, but I didn't get to watch it. Yeah, so we'll get into that. Um, and then what was the last thing I what was the other thing I Bomo? had here? Cuomo, let's go. That was it. Fuck yeah, dude. My my favorite fucking segment. You can uh, save so, that one for last. Yeah, we'll get it. That'll be that. a good one. Um, and JFK. Oh, oh fuck, fuck JFK. Oh, <laughs> and you know that's the juice. That's the juicy one. And, and you know oh, what else we said shit. we were gonna do this episode? Uh, the Mo introspective thoughts by or Mo thoughts, whatever whatever the name of the new segment is. We said we were gonna save that one for today's episode. Oh, classic us. You can wait on yeah, that. I think we can we'll save that for the next one. Yeah. Yeah, I um, forgot anyways. So I've I've got a couple of just quick hitters. Uh th- this this is classic. So this is this is Fox News at its finest. Uh this is guest Dave Ramsey, who uh I think he's like some entrepreneur, you know, of course, like I, I scroll down. He's a big on, on finance this. guy. Okay. Yeah, he, he sells tons and tons of books and has a YouTube series about personal finance. Yeah. So someone commented on Twitter, which is, you know, we talk about all the bad things on Twitter. It's great that, you know, we have some of this, this stuff and someone comments on this video and says he lives here and shows this absolute palace on a fucking hill that he lives in. So it gives you some context for what we're about to hear. We have, need to understand, we got $1.7 trillion in student loan debt. $192 billion out of that, not so much. Let's do some ratios, folks. If we're going to do math, we probably ought to play math. Now, on top of that, when you dig into it, the whole idea that, that student loans being forgiven is going to stimulate the economy, that assumes that people were getting ready to pay them off this year and instead would use that same $40,000 that they were getting ready to pay off their student loan and stimulate the economy with it. Again, that's economic hogwash. It's smoke and mirrors. It's sim- I don't really disagree with them there. Simply not I do. You, you could you could still stimulate the economy at four hundred dollars a month per person. 
yeah money that that would be going towards student loans mm. will now go to other shit. yeah mm -hmm. dave i just think there's a there's a moral hazard doing this you're oh, young, absolutely. You, you signed a financial contract you have an obligation to pay that money back Absolutely. And well, listen, there's some situations where folks are hurting and this thing has become, it's gotten completely out of hand. Yeah. I mean, there are people's lives who have been destroyed by this program. Somebody needs some relief somewhere. I'm fine with that. But this has nothing to do with really helping people. This is a political gimme by progressives simply trying to buy votes. And we know that because when you go from 10,000 in forgiveness to 50,000 in forgiveness, the people who benefit are not lower income people. The vast majority of people that have an average income or less have less than ten thousand dollars of student loan debt mm -hmm. the vast majority of people who would be blessed by moving it from 10 to 50 are high income earners so again this is all political yeah. rhetoric you know, it's Dave, not reality Dave, you come from an interesting perspective you talk to americans across the country every day on your radio program yeah. what, what, what do you believe is this the is right really number or the right answer for a for the next stimulus check well, this is, I don't believe in a stimulus check, because if $600 or $1,400 changes your life, you were pretty much screwed already. you got other issues going on. Uh, you, have a, you have a career problem, you have a debt problem, you have a relationship problem, you have a mental health problem, something else is going on if $600 changes your life. Wow. Damn. The wokes did not like that comment. Well, I mean, to defend my woke friends, I mean... Could you be more fucking tone deaf and out of touch with reality? Like he goes on yeah, to say in yeah. this next 15 seconds, like I've been broke. You know, I, I know what it's like. I, <laughs> I, I've pulled my, you know, uh, myself up for my bootstraps kind of mentality. Um, but it's like, dude, give me a fucking break. Like, you know, I, I think like everything we bring up on this show, like there is a kernel of truth and everything. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, Obviously, if you are depending and banking on six hundred or fourteen hundred dollars, like, yeah, sure. I mean, I'm sure you have like larger issues at at play here. But does that mean we just say, well, fuck you? Like, we're not going to yeah, help yeah, you it, out. It's, and it's not worth sending it if it's not going to fix all of your problems. Yeah, I mean, this is just isn't any like stimulus check just because we feel like throwing money out. It's we're still in the fucking throes of a pandemic, which has decimated yeah. the economy yeah. and decimated jobs. So. I, I just I saw that I was like, dude, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I, I get the point he was trying to make. He did a very poor job of delivering his message, but but I think he is true that there needs to be some level of agency of these folks. Of some of you are in this financial position because you have not made the best financial decisions to get you to this point, right? Whether it's related to your career or having debt, etc. Mm. Certainly not everybody impacted by the pandemic. I think that is hogwash. Um, but, but I think, you know, to some people it's like, you, you can't, ex and I agree totally with the student loans. Like you can't just expect a fucking bailout for your bad decisions with student loans. Like, I a hundred percent agree with that first part, right? Like, yeah, I'm all for trying to help make it easier for kids to pay it off. Like, like during this time, you know, like the student loan deferrals, like they, they shouldn't be charging interest right now. Like I a hundred percent, thousand percent agree with that. Mm -hmm. like def like and to defer it like I, I don't know like i don't want like interest piling up in the meantime and then you know they'll bill it afterwards like i don't think they should be i think everything should be frozen right now you know and i think if the government needs to help subsidize that interest for those companies that carry those loans and have that debt then so be it but 
Like, I don't, I don't, I just, I definitely don't believe in just wiping out student loan debt. Um, no. But I, no, mean, and I think we, we've discussed it on this too before that it's, and I think you brought it up Ty, it's a, this is that, that would just be a band aid. I mean, yeah, it would help people obviously immediately not having to pay back the 10, 15, $20,000 in debt. But the way college is right now, when things eventually get back to normal, that debt's just going to pile up again. And we're going to be right. back yeah, in the be a same. Whole new generation ex- with we're going to be right. back in the same. We're just kicking the can down the road. So that would, that's just a bandaid on like on a fucking flesh wound. Like a, like you can see the bone and you're just throwing a bandaid yeah. over it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it felt like it was worth bringing that up. Fuck, he, he, fuck he's that pretty guy. controversial. Dave Ramsey in the personal finance community. He's very like, you should never have any debt. Mortgages are bad. You should pay for everything cash. So he's always had like a pretty controversial reputation and people just roasted him after this video came out. They're like, dude, you look like a total dick now. Yeah. I just think it's, uh, I don't know. Tone deaf is, is the uh, phrase I used earlier. I don't know how better yeah. to describe it. It's just yeah, like, this lack of self-awareness word. of your current situation compared to the majority yeah. of the country right now. And I mean, he'd defend it, right? Like I said, I didn't play it, but he says like, oh, I was broke. I know exactly what it's like, but it's like, you know, does that, does that mean that just because you were broke once doesn't mean that <laughs> fucking someone doesn't deserve, you know, a stimulus check. And it's not even like deserve. It's just like somebody doesn't you know, need. Right. Um, so the, the, the next thing I have, I was going to bring this up later, but I'm going to bring it up now. Um, <laughs> a cla- I mean, this, the, the, this summarizes like everything we, we have said about the media and, and the relationship to Trump, but the, uh, the cover uh, or excuse me, the, uh, title of this article was uh, something to the effect, I don't have it now, I'm looking at a screenshot of the article itself, but something to the effect of I'm, we missed, the journalists missed the thrill of covering Trump. Right? So this isn't a piece in the Atlantic that came out uh, last week. Um, and some guy posted a screenshot on Twitter and just says, just an utterly breathtaking paragraph. So I'll read a couple sentences here. Covering the administration was thrilling for many journalists. In the way that I imagine storming Omaha Beach must have been for a 20-year-old fresh wow. from the plains of Canvas. He hadn't signed up for battle, but there he was, liberating France. France, by the way, is where Trump called American soldiers who'd fallen from combat, quote, suckers and losers. When this magazine first reported those comments, Trump supporters denounced the Atlantic story as preposterous and offensive. Even even as outlet after outlet confirmed the reporting, they failed to realize that the preposterous and the offensive uh, were the twin. Like, have they ever seen Saving Private Ryan? They see how yeah. brutal Omaha Beach Seriously. was? Just play the first 20 minutes and... I think that person's perspective might change a little bit. Yeah. Well, whatever happened to the people that work at newspapers that you submit your article to for approval before it gets published, those people still exist. Is that a job? That's still a thing. Yeah. I mean, those people are called editors. Edit- what are called? Edit- I editors? think it is. It is. It's just that these editors. folks called? I think that, I think you're, you're shedding light on more of the problem, Jared, is that, there's these people are literally approving these things and they're allowing it to get, get to the the mainstream and all and probably support it. They fully support that notion of journalism being like fucking D day. 
Do you wonder if maybe they're okay with articles like that because controversial, outlandish articles like that are going to get clicks, a la Stephen A. Smith, Max Kellerman effect? You're okay with them lying and saying random shit on ESPN because it gets ratings. Well, I guess it's it goes into like Citizens United. Not, not sorry, not Citizens United. Whatever that court case was with uh, like Fox News, like Entertainment News. I mean. I well, would say that. I, I guess I, I don't know how they categorize op-eds versus news. I think they're different. Yeah, this, well, this yeah, is an well, op-ed, guess... right? Was it an op-ed, Ty? Um, I think so. I think an op-ed is just an opinion. It sounds like it would be an op-ed, but I mean, like yeah. it's still being published. Well, like New York Times has op-eds. I mean, I mean, the I Atlantic is like different be... than I think a traditional newspaper. So I think it was probably like just one of the Atlantic columnists. Like he he talks about being you know, covering the Trump beat. So he was, he's obviously a reporter. I'm assuming he's a reporter at the Atlantic. Cause he like refers to, you know, himself covering it and people scrutinizing the Atlantic. Hmm. And like, did, did anybody hear anything about this? No. First, first time hearing of it. All right. So I'm going to, uh, this I thought would lead to maybe an interesting discussion here. So that clip or that paragraph made it to uh, the Kirk Minahan show, which led to oh God. them talking about how they would fare in World War II, which I think could lead to an interesting discussion for us. <laughs> yeah. I like it. I said, yeah. send him over there with them. He's not coming back. Um, that's the one more I feel like I would have. Sign, I would have signed up and fought. I would have been. So. Into, yeah, I'm, I believe me, I am no fucking soldier. I would be a fucking pussy. But that one back then, like, you got to fight Hitler. You got to say I'm in. Yeah. Where would you have wanted to have been stationed? I would want to be in it in that one. I think. I mean, again, I'm not, I'm not saying. Well, I mean, like Pacific Theater, I'm, I'm, Atlantic Theater. I feel like you wouldn't do well on a submarine. No, no, too claustrophobic. No, 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 no. I want to be like the same Private Ryan guys marching around. Okay. Yeah. In France. You're just kind of doing your own thing with a small yeah, France. Team. Maybe Northern Africa. There's a lot of action there. I could too. see you more like in an Inglorious Bastards role, though. Yeah, for sure. That'd be fine. Yeah, I need a crew. I need guys. Like Stalingrad? Um, That was the one where everyone like fucking froze, right? And they didn't have food and shit. <laughs> well, Steve, go ahead, tell them. That's where there was like, I think the Russians lost like 1.2 million, million people. Yeah. yeah. In the summer? Why not? Yeah. Get quick nine in. Those guys yeah, could probably Vietnam just... play golf all the time. <laughs> maybe there were some golf. If you were uh, in North Africa, you know, maybe there's some golf courses around quick there. Quick nine, and then let's yeah. go fucking back to war. I mean, if you were... You can't fight every day. I mean, Jesus, guys. I need a day off. <laughs> True. Can't schedule. Yeah. It's brutal. Give me any... So I Imagine a... Imagine a military <laughs> combat veteran hearing, hearing that conversation. <laughs> them just, like, making such light of... Yeah, I need some nice bucket. weather, man. I quick nine in, and then <laughs> hey, let's get back out there. Um, oh man! So, so what do you what do you think? We'll start with Adam. How do you think you'd fare? Oh fuck! First off, and, and this P- is something Pacific I've actually or Atlantic Theater. So we're talking Atlantic Theater. No, uh, which which would you prefer? Oh oh um, I think I well, if I'm putting myself in that time period. 
like we were fighting on islands in the Pacific theater that nobody ever heard of. At least Europe, we had some perspective because of World War One and obviously the relations we had. So I think I'd want to go to Europe because I have a little more of an idea of what I'm getting into. Although still, it obviously would have been shocking to be on those fucking uh, boats going into, uh, you know, Omaha Beach and getting shot at before I even get on shore. I, I as quick side thought, though, I actually have thought about this and I, I looked it up to see if, if I could find it. But the average height of a U.S. soldier at that time, I think, was five, nine. Oh, and my God. you'd be a fucking you'd so lit up. part of me. That would head wanna, would be the biggest target in all. Exactly, of dude. Everyone like it wouldn't have would be, helmets big enough. No, <laughs> see, like, and so that's the thing. Like, and I actually, I literally just looked it up as as you were playing that. I was curious if there was even like a height restriction, because I'm sure, like, you know, obviously they 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 went through a lot of you know tests and 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 uh, you know and things like that to make sure that the the people signing up, even though they they wanted to get as many as they could, they still had to be physically fit and not be a liability out there, but. You, you got like a, a giraffe like me running down like through the through the, the fucking uh, beaches. I think I would get I think I'd be one of the first to die. Those Nazi fuckers would just be laughing, saying like, holy shit, look at look at this guy. Look at fucking Sonic the Hedgehog <laughs> running down the beach. <laughs> I mean, I, I just I feel like that I would be an easy target, um, especially running least. on a beach. But for me, yeah, I guess. Well, I mean, I, I think physically, I think I, I could <laughs> I could stand up to, you know, most of the soldiers going. I don't know about the mental aspect. Yeah, because like, I don't think any of us can really put ourselves in that frame of mind. I mean, there's a reason why that was the greatest generation and why we're a bunch of millennial pussies now. I think Adam would be the best at putting up with like the the mental grind, the grind. That's a good way to put it. Like you'd have no problem just shitting over a pole. You'd have no problem eating MREs, <laughs> sleeping in a fucking foxhole. Well, some of uh, our like greatest the, soldiers didn't have any problems with it either. Exactly. So. Yeah, I, I, I don't think you have any problem. With no, those. I, 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 I'm, but, but I'm taking as, it as a compliment. Absolutely, as, I'll as, shit anywhere. As soon as like something happened where your brain switched to sulky, Adam, whatever may have triggered that. You're a liability to the team, and you, we can't have you. Someone out getting there. shot right next to him. You don't think that put him into? So, so, so you, you got me, me next to you, screaming for help. I just got my leg blown off, and you're just in there sulking, ignoring me because I said something to piss you off. Well, so you say we mo. So, so we're all in a foxhole together. Yeah, you know, like we're we're in France, or you know, uh, you know, we're in southern Italy, making our way up. Yeah, that's where I would like Africa, to go. like. How, how do you got, all right. So I think I would be able to deal with that stuff, but when the bullets are flying, dude, I don't fucking know. I mean, I don't think any yeah. of us know how he'd react. What do you, what do you think, Mo? So I would how definitely pick Atlantic. The, I'd pick Atlantic theater. I want no interest in the fucking bugs and malaria oh, and all that crazy shit in the Pacific. And plus um, the Japanese were just fucking nut jobs. Yeah. Like the the Japanese were, yeah. Out of their mind. Yeah. Like, drop me off in the fucking coast of Italy. Let me sleep, go to some brothels, have some beers, work my way up to the battle. And <laughs> so Jared wouldn't participate in any fighting if he could. No, help I would do that too. I would do that too. Um, I think I would have the opposite strengths and weaknesses as you. I would hate having to shit in a fucking hole and sleep in a fucking fox You shit hole. in a hole for three years in the Philippines. Yeah, dude. If anything, flushed, you, you might be more paper. you might be more prepared for a world war than any of us. 
considering <laughs> I, what you had to put up with. No, to, no TP and, uh, well, I always you know, brought my own places. TP. I made really sure I had TP. Yeah. I never shit without TP, but, but just the really, mentality. What, ha- what happened? Unless I time. shit myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, so, so continue. So you, you would have these, so you, I would be able to do that I think that I would stuff, struggle but... with that part. I would struggle with like the exhaustion and like no sleep and all of that shit. And just like the uncomfortable parts. But I think once it came to like wartime, I think I could flip a switch. I do. I think I could flip a switch, get super focused. And, and I think I could lead some men out there. You, you'd be leading the battalion out, out in the, in the field. He'd be as tall as anyone back in that day. <laughs> I'd be, I'd be, average were, height. be right a fucking monster. According to my hinge profile, I'd be the tallest guy in the battle. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Ty? Pacific uh, or Atlantic? Well, I mean, it's no shock, right? We all agree on this show. I, I don't want fucking anything to do with the a the water, right? I hate the ocean, so no fucking shot. I'm on a boat. No fucking shot. I'm in a submarine. Like you don't want to be a fighter jet, just waiting to be crashed down into the Pacific. Nope. Nope. Um, I mean. There's definitely parts of like the Atlantic theater that would blow, right? Like the extreme cold that those guys had to deal with. But I think definitely, I think we can't uh, understand or recognize like the camaraderie that happened back in that day. Like, and I, I yeah, think I everyone, I, I mean, I say, I think I don't fucking know, but I mean, you just, you, you get the sense from everything we've, we've read and heard about the war and about the people that fought for us that, you know, it was nobody's choice. Everyone was in it together, and everyone was like, we're all together in this cause. Yeah, brothers so I think if I'm, Yeah, Band I think brothers. if I am surrounded by people like that, like, I will adopt that mentality. So I, I think, think that I plays would, a big part in it. Yeah. 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 I think you I become would become bigger than you. That's what basic training's all about. You're not yeah, you anymore. I mean, you're part of the team. Yeah. I mean, you guys know I'd, I'd be bitching. I'd be whining. I don't, I don't want to be cold. I don't want to, I don't want to be, I don't want to this, this MRE has chunks in the tomatoes. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. I'm not yeah. Um, but, but it makes I mean, you, it makes you think though, Ty, because I think it's a great point because when Pearl Harbor happened, I mean, the only thing that we can equate that to in our lives is nine 11. Well, yeah, and, come on, and, Adam. I mean, don't discount January sixth. Oh, you f- fuck. You're right. Yeah. I, what I, was that? I, I was essential. Well, it was. See, it was this oh. is my point. <laughs> <laughs> it was the storming of the Capitol. He, though. How, how could I? Have Chuck Schumer compared good, it to Pearl Harbor. And Jared's like, wait, what happened on January sixth? Yeah, we need a good exactly. name for it. Exactly. Great point, Mo. You, you didn't mean to make that point, but great point. But I mean, like when when Japan attacked Pearl Harbor, I mean, people were fucking pissed off. I and like that, that, that sense of you were pissed. Yeah. And that, that I feel like you, you can't, it, it's hard to imagine that sense of nationalism that goes through you, especially if you're at the age where you can be drafted. And then all of your buddies, like if all of us, like Tom, Steve, and, and other people were all like, you know, if one of us is like, Hey, you know what? Screw Dude, Tom those would jabs. be fighting we're, for the other side. You know that that's yep. We might have to worry about that. He may have, he may, um, he's got ties. He has he'd be, ties, he'd, so. be, he'd be counterintelligence for Japan. He'd be True. fighting with us. Yeah, we'd, we'd have to keep to them. We'd have to keep an eye on him. But I mean, like, if if all of us, like, if one guy was like, "Hey, you know what? Fuck those Japs," and I'm obviously talking, in, <laughs> in, I'm talking in World War II lingo here. I'm not obviously explaining it to now. If someone were to, to say, what if someone were to, to say, them, dude, gooks and 
and other in, in other things like monkeys heads, or something other like terrible that. things that we all disavow yeah. correct Ex- disavow completely Why'd but i mean like zipper heads what is that supposed to mean jesus I don't know. look it up dude i don't get it squinties i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i may have just made that one up but twisties we were disavowing twisties we're, we're disavowing from all of that just for the listeners but i mean if like one or two of us are like you know let's you know it, it's like a very motivating thing and it be- like ty said it becomes like camaraderie and and i think obviously i'm using just hbo as an example but if you we've all watched band of brothers in the Pacific, these guys like going into these briefings to like sign up and everything. A lot of them knew each other. They grew up with each other and just to be able to, you know, be part of something great like that, knowing that your, your days are numbered, but at the same time, like you're, you're fighting for your nation. I think there was a lot more national pride back then than there is now. Think of all Um, the New York times articles that would come out about how, toxic it is the nationalism that we have if we were to yeah, declare oh war on somebody yeah you know, you're right I, I almost i almost hope it happens so these fucking libtards just need to like wake up dude there would be all sorts of rules China. there would be all sorts of rules that ban like certain people from having to serve and maybe this yeah whole thing. it'd be yeah. oh do you guys still want transgender in the military and women have equal rights are you sure are you sure <laughs> as we go to major and I, I, I'm thinking like when, when we at, when you asked the question, Ty, I think a lot of us, or not a lot of us, I think I did and Ty did kind of thought of it from more of like an individualistic standpoint where Jared brought up like the group mentality of it. Like me alone, I'd be scared shitless having to storm, like, you know, if I'm landing on Iwo Jima and I'm just trying to, you know, get further into the <laughs> island. But like if everybody else around me is doing the exact same thing, I'm sure that gives you that rush where you're like, you know what? I, fuck it at this point. You know, so you if, just if get I get one right through the fucking skull. Well then yeah. then you're fucking yeah, then you're then your troubles are over at that point. But yeah, I think like, there was a different mentality back then. I, I think we need to take a moment to just all agree how bad war must suck. Like oh. think of the suckiest thing oh. we've ever done and multiply that times a hundred thousand, maybe, if not more. Yeah. Just people dying around you, you smelling rotting carcasses, no food, water, you're in the cold. <laughs> smelling no, the rotting no carcasses from the of elements. people that you knew. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I can't even imagine what war is like. And it just day like you might be stuck getting shot at in a, a fire firefight, I think they're called firefight, for days with no sleep. Days on end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think another thing Ooh. to think about, like Ty brought up World War II, think about World War One, because no, like that I, I was like an, I wouldn't be able to do World War One, dude. I, I think, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think any of us would be able to do any of the wars, but like World War One, like that was like an introduction to like the new grade of military technology that no Imagine one had getting ever witnessed before. Gassed. Mustard gas, living in trenches for days, and you can't poke your. I would be screwed in a trench because <laughs> I would have to be crouching at all times you have to be laying get, flat down literally with and all even the rats then your chia and the dead hair would be sticking up on <laughs> <laughs> with all the rats and the dead bodies and the and and the fucking trench foot i mean that 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 is something i wouldn't wish well maybe i would wish it on my worst enemy if i had one but i would I'd have, to, th- I would have to think libtards. i would have to think long and hard about it because i you know reading about it it's one thing obviously but I wish I could talk to like a World War One veteran or 
just a World War II veteran, just really get a sense of what the hell they dealt with. Because no matter how many textbooks we read or how many documentaries yeah. that Tom Hanks makes and we watch, it, we're, we're never going to truly understand what was going on over there. Yeah, but I think and if most... you take the time to watch things like uh, World War II in color or, you know, like, yes, Band of Brothers and like Saving Private Ryan are all like dramatized to be movies, but sure they i think they yeah, do Hollywood a decent factor. job of trying to give you a sense of you know what those guys were going through and like i think it's so important to try to put yourself in that position like obviously you can't right to that's what i mean it's but... like even if you're watching it like yeah I, I get it like you see them in the cold you see them like with holes in their fucking boots and with no socks and 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 you see like that they're they're not eating well for for months and you're right like they they do an amazing job of, of trying to put you in that but like how can you possibly still yeah. put yourself in there i i don't know it, it's it's fucking amazing i think yeah. the fact of when you do meet a veteran how little veterans talk about their time served shows volumes about how traumatic it was Mm-hmm. And how they don't even think a normal person could relate. Like I've, I don't know yeah. many World War II vets. Both my grandparents were, but neither of them ever talked about it with me. But like I've met multiple Vietnam vets. Like that guy. Remember the seventy-something-year-old um, exchangee that was mm-hmm. in the Philippines with me, Carrie. Yep. He was a Vietnam vet, and I remember I asked him, um, like, "Oh, would you ever like go back to Vietnam while you're here?" And he's like. I stepped foot on Vietnam once, on the ground in Vietnam once, and it was because I was shot down, and I spent X amount of time there as a POW, and I would never go back. Like so, like, and that's literally all he ever mentioned about it. So I can't even imagine like the shit that you see. And and the other thing I I think about too is people who you know whether they were Vietnam uh, veterans or World War II veterans, um, just like when they come back, the ones that are fortunate enough to do so, like. That might be the worst part. Yeah. And, and and having to readjust to civilian life. I mean, we hear about all the time, like like the suicide rates for a lot of these people. But I don't, I don't think most of these people ever do readjust. I think yeah. they're in a battle with themselves for the rest of their lives. But yeah, the, they, they've yeah. never experienced being on the brink of not being able to go to Miami. I'll say that. <laughs> That's true. You don't know PTSD. You, you, you'd trade this situation. for some mustard gas is what you're saying. But oh, yeah, the, 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 plays yeah. Out, yeah. I might mustard gas my whole house. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I thought that was funny. I thought that would bring up a good discussion. That is so. a good, that was, that was a like that good, one. good topic. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's move on back to our, our normal programming: political motherfucking corruption. Uh, so, like we said, near Tandon. Uh, the only reason why you should care about this is because, again, it just goes to uh, shedding light on the fact that. Uh, corporations in our country dictate policy uh, and the way they do that is by donations uh, donations to people uh, that end up getting uh, in places of high power Um, so I will let the lovely the one the only crystal ball set us up all right, Crystal, what's on your radar? Well, confirmation hearings for Neera Tandon were held in the Senate yesterday. The quintessential Hillary World operative was, of course, nominated by the Biden administration to head the Office of Management and Budget. That is a powerful role. It includes oversight of the budget and would also put her in a position to decide which compromised cronies should get ethics waivers from any of the Biden admin's conflict of interest policies. 
All of which begs the question, why in the world would any progressive, scratch that, anyone with standards vote yes on this confirmation? Predictably, a lot of the hearing folks down near's mean tweets. Here's Rob Portman expressing deep concern over Washington's sacred religion of civility. You wrote that Susan Collins is, quote, the worst, that Ted, Tom Cotton is a fraud, that vampires have more heart than Ted Cruz. Show me the lie, folks. Seriously, though, tells you all you need to know about D.C., that they fixate on their own hurt feelings over old tweets rather than on Nira's long record of selling out to corporate interests. And why do they focus more on mean tweets than on corruption? Well, because corruption is business as usual in D.C., a business, by the way, that almost all of these senators are intimately acquainted with and involved in. They don't like to point it out because it reflects on them. New York Times' Ken Vogel documented some of that hypocrisy, noting that while Nira claims to abhor the influence of corporate special interests in politics now, she was happy to take checks for her think tank, the Center for American Progress, or CAP, from Amazon, Facebook, Google, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, etc., etc., etc. To his credit, Senator Josh Hawley actually bothered to raise these concerns. $665,000, I think, from the personal foundation of Mr. Zuckerberg. Mm -hmm. Uh, millions of dollars from Wall Street financiers, big banks, foreign governments, Silicon Valley, a million dollars from the managing partner at Bain Capital, two and a half million dollars from the UAE. That was between 2016 and 2018. Given this record, uh, how can you assure us that you'll work to see that these Silicon Valley and Wall Street firms don't exercise undue influence frankly, influence that they've already got in the making of government policy and the control of our economy. I mean, what? how can you assure us that you're going to be an independent actor when you've been so close to them to have raised so much money over all these? Despicable. So what, do you, what do you think, Mo? This is kind of your arena here. It's just, it's so not surprising. Um, I think this is probably how every single one of these things could go if they you found an information on who these people are who are appointed but it just it just the whole thing's a charade man yeah and, and, and so even, and even this the whole confirmation is to try and make her look bad but then just to appoint her anyways because they're all going to make money off of this yeah and and so for some background near tandon uh was the head of the center for american progress which is they advertise it as some like you know bipartisan blah 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 blah, blah. so she was is very very close to hillary clinton uh, was going to be a part of Hillary's administration. Uh, so the Center for American Progress was essentially a pack for Hillary's campaign. All okay. these corporations uh, okay. gave money to that pack with the hopes of getting influence the administration uh, when Hillary won, which, of course, we now know she did not. Um, so now she's up for this role. And do you know who's overseeing, who's the chairman of, of, of this uh, hearing? Bernie. Bernie Sanders. My computer loads. I'll I'll play him grilling her a little bit. And for some background until this does uh want to play for me. So they were talking about mean tweets a little bit. So Nira Tandon joined Twitter uh a year after uh our former president Donald Trump and has like fifteen thousand more tweets than him. So she's like been known for being like, um, oh. I'm back. 
All right. We were very concerned you lost Scared power. for a second. Christ almighty. This computer is fucking awful. Um, yeah, so what's the last thing you heard from me? Um, well, you, you were asking Jared about, you know, the... Well, I should... Oh, well, Bernie. Yeah, yeah, let's listen to, let's right, listen Bernie. to Bernie. Um, hold on. Let me, I got to share my screen again here. It's a fucking joke. Fucking bandwidth. Texas uh, internet just hits different. I don't, I don't, dude, it's been like the last fucking two weeks or whatever, three weeks. I don't know what the fuck's going on. Like, I people can't hear me on my phone. I, I fucking have work calls. It's absolute fucking horseshit. Call, reset your um your router. Thanks, genius. I fucking done that. Yeah, like have you tried that? Hundred times. Yeah. I don't know. Then call Cox or Comcast, whatever you guys got. Hey, um, while that's loading, did you guys see, I think it's hot off the press from this earlier this evening that Mitch McConnell wrote an op-ed in the New York Times blaming Donald Trump for the insect, um, insurrection. Like recently he wrote one? Today. Let's not go down that rabbit hole. We'll save that. I got, I got Bernie. Hold on. Turns He's me ready. Much. I happen to believe that big money interests have an undue influence over the economic and political life of our country, that uh, too often uh, campaign contributions are what determines policy rather than the needs of ordinary Americans. And according to the Washington Post, since 2014, the Center for American Progress has received roughly five and a half million dollars from Walmart, uh, a company that pays its workers starvation wages, $900,000 from the Bank of America, 550,000 from JP Morgan Chase, $550,000 from Amazon, $200,000 from Wells Fargo, $800,000 from Facebook, and up to $1.4 million from Google. In other words, CAP has received money for some of the most powerful special interests in our country. Uh, how will your relationship with those very powerful special interests uh, impact your decision-making if you are uh, appointed to be the head of OMB? Senator, I thank you for that question. It will have zero impact uh, on my uh, on my decision making. I'm actually uh, captured a number of positions that disagreed vigorously uh, with the policy decisions of those institutions. But I appreciate this question, and uh, and it is my role. It will be my role to ensure that I'm only serving the interests of the American people. The like that. That's why I kind of agree with what you were saying, Jared. Is like. This is all just a sham, this whole process. Because, like, what yeah. is she going to say to that? You know what I mean? I, you guys got me. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, nothing. you know what? I'm stepping down. And, and, and then they still, like, so imagine you're interviewing for a position in a real job. And they find all this dirt on you. That you are corrupt, unethical. They call you out on the spot. It's, it's not even that like, she's corrupt or unethical, right? It, it's the problem is to your to your point that you've made many times on the show is you cannot claim to be uh, unbiased or anything like that if you've knowingly accepted donations from the, from the from the exact of companies that you're going to be required to oversee, and like Crystal Ball said. She is in charge of granting ethical waivers to companies 
essentially like bypassing some of our rules and regulations if they see it unfit. And why do we think these companies gave her these millions of dollars? Right. Because they liked her? Right. There's only one not. explanation. And and this this was a good uh, clip from this hearing, too. This, this kind of goes to her point about, you know, there's a lot of people bitching about her tweets, which ultimately I, I think is kind of stupid. But at the same time, just kind of shows like, hey, look, like this woman clearly is at least online unhinged. Your personal comments about people. Um, you know, it's not just one or two. I think you deleted about a thousand tweets and it wasn't just about Republicans and I don't mind disagreements in policy. I think that's great. I love the dialectic, but the comments were personal. I mean, you call Senator Sanders everything but an ignorant slut. That is not... That is not true. And when, when, you, <laughs> when you said these things, did you mean them? I would have said ignorant. <laughs> Senator, I have to say. Wait, what was that comment? What? I don't know. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, I just. I, my comment? Tweet, tweet. Just a slut. And it wasn't just about Republicans. And I don't mind disagreements in policy. I think that's great. I love the dialectic. But the comments were personal. I mean, you call Senator Sanders everything but an ignorant slut. That is not. That is not true. And when, when you when you said these things, did you mean them? I would have said ignorant. <laughs> Senator, I would have said ignorant. Slut. <laughs> yeah, that must have been someone else. In my comments. I understand that, but and when I you said them, did them. you mean them? I understand you, you you've taken them back, but did you mean them? I'd say the discourse over the last four years on all sides has been incredibly I'm asking about yours. Did you mean I'm dodge it by eight more times here, watch. I really feel badly about them, Senator. Did you mean them? I feel badly about them. Did you mean them when you said them? I mean, I would say social media is a is is I Did you mean them when you said them? I feel terribly about them. Did you mean them when you said them or were you not telling I I, I mean, I feel badly. I look back at them. I'm, I said them. I feel badly about them. I deleted tweets over Are you saying that because you want to be confirmed? No, I felt badly about them. And Did you mean them. them when you said them? Fucking laughing. Senator, I, I must have meant them, but I really regret them. <laughs> so, I mean, Bernie's, Bernie's an, an ignorant, ignorant slut. slut. <laughs> <laughs> this lady's a clown. Yeah, I, I mean, and dude... You got to call out our, you know, Bernie, this fucking yeah. guy confirmed her. So what does Bernie actually fucking stand for if he's finally in a position to do something and take a stand against everything he's railed about and everything he stood for his entire career in politics? And he totally fucking whiffs. It's disappointing. I think it shows that he's a Democrat before he's. A populist. I'm waiting for Crystal to really lay into him. His, yeah, very, very similar to his presidential campaign. He I don't think she will. to grab these guys by the jugular. We'll find out. Like, if, if she's I mean, truly who we, who we want her to be, like, she should say, like... If she really is flawless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if she really is 100% perfect in every single way, then she will call Bernie out.
If not, do we riot? Do we stop listening to the hill? Nah. Or reading the hill? I'm gonna <laughs> exactly. I'm gonna talk die. <laughs> Ride or die. I, I think I think it, it kind of brings up a point though about and I, we brought this up before because we brought up like how Bernie, you know, if only Bernie was like 30 years younger and coming up with these ideas, like he would and be a little more piss and vinegar. Yeah. It's just like he, you don't make it this far and be in politics this long. I mean, yeah, he can have his populist rants and have his time on the podiums and, in uh, in the presidential primaries and stuff. But in the end, there's a reason why he's lasted this long. And it's because he knows how to appease the, the, the you know, the, the, the big Democrats, and a machine. Yeah. And so, and it, and this is kind of like my one gripe with Bernie that he has those ideals, but at the same time, like when push comes to shove, like Ty saying, he didn't take his opportunity. The, the, the same thing I mean, that we said about AOC one either. Right. And, and it just shows that he was more concerned about, you know, not jeopardizing appointed. his, well, I, I think it was more just, he did not want to ruffle the feathers. He didn't want to jeopardize you know, the spot he was in with his, you know, colleagues, right. And especially with the president, he had just been appointed that, that role. And I think not confirming her would be a huge slap in the face. Yeah. So I think he just wanted and, to be a team player. His ability to get stuff that he wants done with Biden. Correct. Correct. So we're seeing politics at work, right? There. Right. So he, so yep. at the end of the day, it's, you know, whether we want to say it's in this situation alone or not, he is no fucking different. Yeah. That's I'll, I'll give it to you. I, and I, and I hate to say it. Like I said, I, I'm a, I'm a new found, you know, I'm a, what do they call it? Um, what do they call those Christians who like newborn Christians or something like that? Born again, born, born again, again. I'm born again, <laughs> Bernie. Born again I'm, a I'm a born again, <laughs> Bernie, bro. You know, um, but this is just not anymore. Pathetic. Um, and, and like the fact that, so they called her out for all those things. How much of that made the mainstream media? This woman who took millions and millions and millions of dollars from special interests is now going to be regulating them. None of it made mainstream media. Dude, we've we've None heard more it, about Joe Biden's sleeping habits than we've heard about. And how he likes a nice warm lady. fire, and sometimes he, likes, he likes puts the... the log on himself. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking, speaking of uh, Biden headlines, do you guys? Uh, I, I go one, of... one, one quick headline just just because we brought up the headline part in Newsweek. They. This was this was the name. I'm not going to read the article, obviously, but just the headline. Joe Biden playing as Luigi wins in Mario Kart race against granddaughter at Camp David. That was published yesterday on Newsweek. And people read that and say, like, Somebody's God, I love stuff. news. I love this administration. I love and that Biden. wasn't an op ed or say I'm, I'm so ha- so happy to have a Democrat back in office. That was an actual article. This person got paid. Like to, I, to to write about Mario Kart, I'm I'm not going to uh, you know go into it in in depth here. I didn't have it as a topic for us, but you know, do you guys following the whole Biden school reopening battle with the CDC? No, so I you know Bi- Biden comes yeah. Biden comes out. He promises in his first hundred days he's going to quote reopen a majority of schools, right? So. You know, that was uh, one of his camp, like one of his promises before he had gotten inaugurated. So gets inaugurated, comes time to actually start to have some influence over some of these, this, uh, you know, messaging and rhetoric around, hey, school should be reopening. Um, And CDC director comes out and says, look, here are all the steps we recommend 
getting every single teacher vaccinated is not a requirement to be able to safely reopen schools. Jen Psaki yeah. then comes out and tells the public in the press corps that she was speaking in her personal capacity when she said that and not as the CDC director. <laughs> and then I don't think that's how that works. And, th- and then, you know, Chris <laughs> Wallace had her on uh, Fox and asked her about it. And he said, look, are you ever speaking in your personal capacity? And she kind of said, like, she said it in a very couched way because you can tell she's being influenced by the White House. But she basically said, like, no, like, you know, we, we released the guidelines. The guidelines are the guidelines. Like, and, you know, we've shown that you do not have to have uh, every teacher vaccinated to be able to reopen schools safely. So my point in bringing that up was, you know, just like the example, this is like the other example we just got done talking about, like this administration is not wildly different from the last in terms of, you know, what's presented to the public, right? And how much yeah. they fucking lie and how much they, you know, tell you one thing and do the other. Like that's that right there is the exact same thing Trump and Kaylee McEnany did for the entire time that they were in, in the administration in, during the pandemic to the CDC. It's the same exact thing. It's completely undermining them. Yeah. Why? It's exhausting. Because they're the fucking difference. bought out by the right. teachers unions. Yep. Like they know how important you know, maintaining the relationship with those unions are and how reliable those you know, votes are. And so they're not going to cross them, right? They need to pander to, the, to those people. So they let, they let that influence how they're uh, laying out their guidelines on school reopenings. So that's there's no difference than what the Trump administration was doing, trying to undermine the CDC during their time for totally different reasons. I would say the only difference is Ty is the way it's covered. Of course. Well, and, yeah. and it's yeah. like I was saying to my dad, it's it's just like we talk about every day in the show, right? Democrats are polite. In a general sense, like we said, they kind of say fuck you in the nicest way possible, right? So, you know, that's Jen Psaki saying like, yeah, we don't believe that the the CDC is correct in the nicest way possible. Whereas Kaylee McEnany would just say like, yeah, they're wrong. And here's all the data, right? And, And then that data gets contradicted. It's it's no different. It's just in the in the messaging, and then to your point, Adam, how it's covered in the media. And so, because it's not covered in the media the same way it was, nobody fucking knows. Nobody cares. So, speaking of the Biden Biden administration, uh, that story I talked about. Um, so this guy T.J. Ducklow, he is uh, actually like under Jen Psaki. He's on Jen Psaki's team. He's a press secretary admin. So, story comes out, and I believe People Magazine that uh, goes into his relationship with, um, I don't have her name here. Last name is McCammond, uh, who uh, works for the Biden administration. Or, or sorry, uh, works for uh, Politico. So McCammond works for Politico. Ducklow works for Biden, right, in, in the Biden administration. So that gets publicized. Uh and Politico assigns a story to a reporter, a woman reporter by the name of uh, Tara Palmieri. She reaches out to Ducklow to investigate the story and 
get some comment. And these two paragraphs do a good job of summing up like what happened. Um, so the confrontation began on Inauguration Day, January 20th, after Palmieri, a co-author of Politico's playbook, contacted McCammon for a comment, uh, while one of her male colleagues uh, left a message for Ducklow, according to sources. Ducklow subsequently called a playbook editor to object to the story, but was told to call the playbook reporters uh, with those concerns. Uh, instead of calling the male reporter who initially contacted him, Ducklow tried to intimidate Palmieri, uh, by phone in an effort to kill the story. Quote, I will destroy you, Ducklow told her, uh, adding that he would ruin her reputation if she published it. During the off-the-record call, Ducklow made derogatory misogynistic comments accusing Palmieri of only reporting on his relationship, which, due to the ethics questions that factor into the relationship between a journalist and White House official, falls under the purview of her reporting beat, because she was, quote, jealous that an unidentified man in the past had, quote, wanted to fuck McCammond and not you. Ducklow also accused Palmieri of being jealous of his relationship with McCammond. So this guy who works for the administration called this woman directly to tell her he would destroy her and basically call her, like, a, a jealous bitch because... You know, she's only running the story or investigating the story because some guy wanted to have sex with uh, his girlfriend and not her. So, obviously, a huge story, right? Like, a the fact that someone in the White House is dating a reporter that's supposed to be covering the administration is a problem. So what? So what does Politico yeah, the inside do? Scoop. Mm-hmm. So what does Politico do? They move uh, McCammond, T.J. Duckle's girlfriend, to the Kamala Harris beat as opposed to the Biden beat. So no conflict of interest there, right? Um, and so the that, Catholic Church. Yeah, and so this this story, <laughs> right, um, made it into the headlines. And this is how Jen Psaki... Now, this is a longer comment, but I think it's important, right, because... On January 20th, this is President Biden, quote, I'm not joking when I say this. If you ever work with me and I hear you treat another colleague with disrespect, talk down to someone, I will fire you on the spot. No ifs, ands, or buts. So that was Biden trying to be the beacon of... I remember that quote. Yeah, just, you know, trying to say all the right things, right? Just trying to do the right thing, but not understanding that, like, dude, you can't say these things if you don't fucking back them up, and they will come back and get thrown in your face. And uh, here's how Saki responds to these questions. Yours has been suspended for a week without pay for comments he made to a female... So that's what I didn't say, right? So he got suspended without pay for a week. That was his punishment. Let's just keep Biden's statement in mind while we listen to this. Reporter bullying her after she reached out for a request for comment on a story. Whose idea was the one-week suspension instead of a potential resignation or firing? And how can you keep this person in a public-facing press relations role dealing with female reporters when he made such sexist comments to this female reporter reaching out for a request for comment? 
Well, let me first say, obviously, Caitlin, that I take um, this very seriously. Um, I'm a woman, obviously, but I've been in this town working in press and communications for nearly 20 years, almost 20 years, and I think many of you know me and have worked with me closely, and many of you know many people in this building, uh, including uh, the president, who take um, these allegations quite uh, seriously. Um, TJ Ducklow, who is the deputy who you're asking about, uh, has apologized to the reporter, apologized to the reporter um, quite shortly after the comments were made. Um, uh, he had a heated conversation about a story related to his personal life. I'm not saying that's acceptable, but I just want to be clear that it was not about an issue related to the White House or a White House policy or anything along those lines. Uh, he's the first to acknowledge this is not the standard of behavior set out by the president nor is it the standard of behavior set by me, and I'm his direct supervisor. Uh, in addition to his initial apology, he sent the reporter a personal note expressing his profound regret. Uh, the ask, uh, he, he has been placed, as you noted, on a one-week suspension, suspension without pay. That is a significant step. I'm not aware of a history of that step being taken. You all can check me on that. Uh, and in addition, when he returns, he will no longer be assigned to work with any reporters at Politico. I don't, we don't want no one wants anyone to feel uncomfortable, uh, to be put in an uncomfortable position, and that's not behavior that we will tolerate. Uh, so those were the steps that were taken, and we felt it was a serious punishment. But he'll still be working with female reporters, and it wasn't just a hostile conversation. I think we've right. all probably had plenty of those, and vice versa. Those happen, but you know the language that he is alleged to have used, according to this report, it is arguably, or even not arguably, sexist. So. What are you doing to deal with that part of it? Uh, it's completely unacceptable. Uh, he knows that. We've had conversations with him about that. Uh, that is why we have also contacted, uh, not long before today, but immediately following their conversation, uh, my colleague Kate, Bedding Kate Beddingfield reached out to uh, an editor at Playbook to convey uh, our apology. Uh, we've reached out at every level there to convey our apology and been clear this will never happen again, and it is not going to be tolerated here at the White House. It doesn't meet our standard. It doesn't meet the president's standard, um, and it and it was important that we took um, uh, a step uh, to make that clear, uh, and that included not just an apology directly from him and apologies directly from us at the highest levels there, uh, but also a step uh, to uh, suspend him uh, for one week without pay, uh, and that, in our view, was a was a, an important step to send the message that we don't find it acceptable. I mean, way to bring the hammer down. How fucking two-faced is that shit? Ridiculous. She would have, she would have been better off circling back to that question. I mean, <laughs> and, and look, right? As, as often as the case, she is just out there like, you know, fed to the wolves. Like fucking Joe Biden wanted to stand up there and be the guy to say, "I'm not going to tolerate any of this mean language, right? Could you guys imagine? Of course we could. Oh my God. Could you imagine if this were a year ago and that someone in the Trump administration had done this to a reporter? 
People we would wouldn't be hear going it, wild. Wild. And not only that, yeah, we if hear the end Donald Trump days before had said, if you do anything disrespectful while you work for me, I will fire you on the spot. And then someone does something that everyone can confidently say is fucked up and wrong and a fireable offense. And it's a one week suspension. And he apologized and he said sorry. And he reached out. Now, people have uh, gone on and said that he actually never even apologized for what he said. He just said basically like, sorry for losing my cool, which is like a classic <laughs> Tyler Cloutier apology. Like, sorry, you were offended. You know, it's it's like it, it's just it's so it's it's sad. I mean, it's not sad. I, I'm not sad, but it's just frustrating that like. You know, Biden can come out and say these things. He can come out and say he's going to reopen schools in, in the first 100 days and back off. He's going to say, I'm going to give you $1,000 checks and back off. And he's going to say, you know, I'm going to be the moral superior uh, king of the United States. And, you know, you better not say a goddamn word that, you know, uh, wouldn't be tolerated on, on Twitter. And as soon as it does, he backs off. And no one fucking cares. No one says anything. Now, I say no one cares and no one does anything. I got to give credit where credit is due. They followed up on, on those questions. Like, that's the first time I've heard, like, somebody follow up with, you know, from a, a bullshit answer and say, like, well, no, let me and actually ch- ask you again. Yeah. Like, because I, I just think that's horseshit. Um, yeah. And so that was Caitlin Collins from CNN. I got to give my boy Jake Tapper some props. I've been shitting yeah, on him. Tapper's la- been killing it, dude. I've been shitting on him for the last year, but at least he's uh, a little annoying Nat about both sides, uh, or at least it, it seems like it's so far. So um, he tweeted out pre- the Biden's quote, and he said, because uh, the, the, it ends with no ifs, ands, or buts, right? I'll fire on the spot. And then he put a, a statement under it. He said, statement comes with ifs, ands, or buts. And he said, statements uh, that are not <laughs> upheld. Uh, he said, st- standards that are not upheld are not standards. They're lies. So, Tapper, uh, not letting that one go. Appreciate it, Jake. Uh, you have a notch in my belt. Slowly making your way back. Um, tap, 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 And uh, he was also, um, I, I, I don't have it here, but I did see, because I did watch uh, Mo the Rising uh, today, as I do every day, and uh, that first segment when they were just breaking Cuomo over the coals was awesome, and they did yeah. point to the fact that Tapper came on and said, mm-hmm. you know, how egregious it is, you know, what what's come out, and that he's reached out to Cuomo multiple times uh, to come on, and Cuomo's declined it. So at least he's not totally, you know, hiding from that either. And right. And, and on that topic, the, the only show that he's come on at all on CNN is his brother's show. Right. Which course, is, again, it's literally a fucking it. disgrace. So l- let's get into our boy, uh, Andrew Cuomo. So the report came out, uh, this was like two weeks ago, right? The initial report comes out that, uh, COVID-19 deaths in New York, uh, nursing homes, uh, were 50% higher than what was the data showed that was given to them from uh, the Department of Health in New York. So 
huge, huge bombshell finding, right? Um, did not look good for Cuomo. The um, king of COVID of COVID response. The king hey, of yeah. COVID. Boys, don't get cocky with COVID. All right. Don't get cocky <laughs> with COVID. That's what Cuomo says. So then uh like 10 days later, uh a Cuomo aide, Melissa DeRosa, admits that they hid nursing home data so that the Fed uh federal prosecutors wouldn't find out. Um Governor Andrew Cuomo's top aide privately apologized to Democratic lawmakers for withholding the state's nurse, uh, nursing home death toll from COVID-19, telling them, quote, we froze, end quote, out of fear uh, that the true numbers would be, quote, used against us by federal prosecutors. Um, so uh, just crazy, right? I mean, how long have we been ripping this guy? Like, not, not that we're going to proclaim to know uh, what the fuck you know, was actually going on. But, you know, this guy, if, if you haven't, you know, been living under a rock has been, uh, you know, the quintessential face for how to handle COVID, right? He wrote a book on himself uh, and how great he handled the pandemic. Uh, celebrities lauded over home. Even absolute worst. <laughs> right. It, it's, it's celebrities lauded over him. Uh, the Dude, People were referring him. to him as, a, as the second president, as yeah. like he's the good president and Trump's the bad president. Yeah. He was and, a demigod. Yeah. And, you know, they got scared when Trump started coming after Cuomo once start, shit started to hit the fan like over the summer and these rumors started to come out. And that's when she's saying, like, we froze. Um, so, you know, that comes out. Right. And, and which, again, the, these are the good things about Twitter that, you know, I, I just I can't afford to, to lose. I can't afford to, you know not have these awesome like compilations. Um, but this is lest we forget the coverage of this man during the pandemic in 2020. David, we're sitting by for Governor Cuomo's press conference, his daily briefing. How would you contrast Cuomo and President Trump's handling of the crisis? Truth versus mendacity. Governor Cuomo um, out there day after day after day, everything Trump isn't, honest, direct, brave. Real leadership of the kind the president of the United States should have provided. Governor Cuomo is clearly living in a totally different reality, the actual one, than the president of the United States. Governor Cuomo has become a national leader. For a lot of people, Andrew Cuomo has become the leader of the Democratic Party. He is conveying incredible strength. You spoke to National Guard troops today in a stirring speech that, if I wasn't listening carefully, I thought you would sending soldiers off to war. This has been a remarkable show of leadership by Governor Cuomo in recent days. He's providing hope but not false hope. Governor Cuomo, no. I think, is, is, is one of the heroes on, on the front lines. With all of this adulation that you're getting for doing your job, are you thinking about running for president? Andrew Cuomo, who has a daily television show now uh, and has become, in some ways, the shadow uh, president. Maybe Trump is just a little bit mad that Governor Cuomo has become a kind of acting president. Dealing with hardship actually makes you stronger. That's what Governor Cuomo said earlier today. That's what I'm gonna go teach my kids right now at home. I mean, every single it one is, of those that was the best part. CNN and Embassy NBC. Oh, every man. single so one. That last part was the best. Every single one. We're not done. I'll, I'll read you who's talking here, but listen to this. 
It is now my distinct pleasure is, uh, Gomo, to present the 2020 Founders Award, International the Emmy. Emmy Founders Award to Governor Andrew Cuomo, with a little help from some of my fellow New Yorkers. To my governor, Spike Lee, the governor of Empire State. No, this video is so cringe, dude. Andrew Cuomo. Congratulations, Andrew, on De your much-deserved Founders Award. Governor Andrew Cuomo, you Rosie are the Perez. man. What? I was trying to think of ben something that I could say to you that would uh, be funny. And so I called your brother, Chris, who could not understand why you were getting an Emmy since he's the one on television. In the darkest stage of the pandemic, Billy Crystal, your daily briefings live from New York gave us hope, gave us clarity, gave us the truth, and gave us something that we were not getting from Washington, leadership. In the midst of this storm, Andrew Cuomo Billy became Joel? the nation's governor. People across the country tuned in to this press conferences every day. Daily I was watching his press conferences, informing us, telling us what to do. And uh, he also said that, uh, you know, now that you're the love gov, uh, you've kind of transcended politics and now you're just part of really more, you know, you're more of like a national sex symbol. He says you'll probably get more dates than votes. That's him saying that, not me. You did your thing during COVID. New York was suffering. We were the epicenter. We were all in a crisis in panic every single day. You came on the airways and you offered your strength, your leadership, and your direction, and your caring, and your heart. You are the epitome of New York tough. These are things <laughs> your brother says about you. I look up to you still. And you set the example for the rest of the nation, the rest of the world, how to be a leader during a time of crisis. Thank you. Set an example, leader, honest. Throw up. It literally makes me want to throw up. I mean, and not you know what the crazy thing is? Not one of these fucking scum have come out and said anything negative about the guy. Nope. Anything. And they won't. And they won't. Other than Tapper. Well, Tapper wasn't on that clip. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Just I, those just people, those celebrities in general, dude. Like and, CNN still seems to be covering for him. I mean, not the tapster, though. Dude, listen to this fucking scumbag. This fucking scumbag has this to say when news breaks that he fucking undercounted intentionally based on report and, you know, uh, testimony from his aide, like directly and intentionally hid the data to make them look better. This is what this fucking scum has to say. Um, apologize. Look, I have said repeatedly, we made a mistake in creating the void. We made a mistake in creating the void. When we didn't provide information, it allowed press, people, cynics, politicians to fill the void. Uh, when you don't correct disinformation, you allow it to continue. And we created the void, not because people weren't working hard, Mike, because you know how hard people were working. Uh, and, well, you, sh you should have prioritized providing more information. Yes. This gets not a criticism at all. In retrospect, yeah, you should bit. have prioritized providing more information. Uh, I get the operational 
uh, demand. I don't like to second guess my team. Uh, they were all working 24 hours a day. You know, remember where this was? You're in the middle of hell during this time. But we no excuses. No excuses. We should not have created the void. He apologizes for letting people wrongly think that he did anything wrong. Even though he did do something wrong and he's not admitting it. And he's Correct. just giving reasons for why, pretty much why he did what he did and why his team did what he did. While also admitting can, what, yeah. that he did what he did. <laughs> exactly. Not much of an apology, even though he started out with the word apology. He's unlikable, uh, dude. Unlikable. He's loved. I'm so, I'm so glad this. I, he's not really loved, man. Nobody really fucking Dude, loves did you him, just dude. hear the two dude, a lot of people we just I fucking know, played? Bro. Yeah, Although dude. That, that, that was from a few months back to start. And the news that we see about Cuomo is not the news people see who only watch CNN and MSNBC. So they're they're getting a very fake painted narrative of who he is. That's why I think he's still loved because I think that narrative is, well, is we still trying to that. be upheld. We're trying. We got to change it. We're trying. We've been saying it from day one about that guy. Listeners, listen to us. Turn off fucking CNN. Turn off MSNBC. You're just going to get a bunch of bullshit. Cuomo, I mean... I know uh, I, I watched the 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 rising clip on that today, and I think Crystal's right. Like, I don't think it's going to happen, but th- this is a resignable f- offense, right? I mean, totally, dude, absolutely, he, he should be he should be out of out of office. I mean, how and is so this? How is this nothing. like? How is this less abhorrent than anything Trump's did in the last four years? Yeah, I mean, it's it's not. You, you, you had an order to put COVID positive or potential COVID positive patients into nursing homes. That was controversial. And it led to the uh, biggest explosions and deaths in nursing homes. We've seen, I feel like across the world, I'll just say in the United States. I mean, it was insane. 15,000 elderly people died. Now we know we thought it was, you know, seven or eight. Um, but like, how is that any? That's a lot of fucking old people. <laughs> and you <laughs> and you in, people, man. and you intentionally hid the data. Yeah, to that, that's make the it part so you that. don't look as bad. Like, how that's is that the not worst as... part to me? Of course, look, people make mistakes. I mean, I don't think he was like he had that executive order in the hopes that he was going to kill a bunch of old people. <laughs> no, I mean, that's, that's no, asinine. No. He yeah. obviously they made a huge mistake, but he is unwilling to acknowledge any fault. He says, "I we apologize for creating the void." I mean, that is the most pathetic thing. I mean, I would be enraged if I were in New York. I mean, I'm enraged, and I'm not in New York. So, I mean, I, I don't know how people aren't looking at this and saying, "Holy shit." Like now that Donald Trump is out, like this guy is the worst polit- sitting politician, you know, at any level that we have in the country. I don't care who you name. I mean, if this doesn't get some attention from the press in the next few days and it's completely ignored and he's let off the hook, it just tells us everything. Sager said, you know, Sager said he's like, people have already moved on. Said it was a story for a day. He said Taffer talked about it for a day. And he's like, people have moved on. It was Friday, right? So that, that's that's when the dude. news was released re- regarding the 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 aide that admitted it. 
So it's been, you know, we're almost a week out now. I haven't heard anything about it. Nope. I, I saw maybe one article on the news app on my phone. That was it. I, I had to look stuff up. I had to put in Cuomo COVID or whatever. And, and I had to find an article about it. I wasn't seeing it on Twitter feeds. I wasn't seeing it on the Hill. I mean, I don't know if the Hill reported on it. I'm sure they had an article or two, but nothing like in your face about it. This is, this is a pretty, pretty fucking big deal. At least it should yeah. be. It should be the biggest deal in the country. I mean, could you imagine if Donald Trump were like, if we had direct evidence, if we had someone telling us directly from the administration, like, yes, he, we got the numbers and then we cut them in half because we were afraid it was going to look bad. Could you imagine? I mean, he would have been impeached. He would have been impeached impeached a third time. Yeah. It would have been been the third impeached. (laughs) I mean, this guy's going to get an award. Oh, it's it's just maddening. It's maddening. Like it just sucks. It, it totally it, that's sucks. why. That's what I mean. Like you got, we had texted right, and you guys were like, I mean, you know, he he. Hopefully, he gets, you know, uh, resigns or whatever, or he's forced to leave. And I'm just like, look, if he doesn't, like, if someone like that doesn't, like, I have no fucking faith in our government. Like, I I, I, I will go on record saying that is worse than anything Donald Trump ever did. I don't know if as anybody could really disagree with you. I mean, I that's that's my mind. hot take of the day. So hot take. Um, all right. Well, I will turn it over uh, to the big AC head. Ed. Ed. Take us into a uh, get no get us woke. Get us ready like for that. Miami, boys. We're going to Miami. I don't we're looking going. out. I don't see snow. I'm feeling positive, ready pumped i feel good i feel like god is on my side we're going to miami get me pumped i need to be woke i need to make sure i don't fucking get thrown be so woke your body's tingling well speaking of miami ty if when when we're when we're there we're walking down ocean drive in south beach and we see cuomo on the other side of the road what are you gonna do why is cuomo gonna be in south beach i don't know probably celebrating his award Oh, I'll fucking knock that guy out, dude. I would go to prison for a night just to say I knocked out Cuomo. All right, you guys ready to get woke? Woo! We're ready. All right, Bring it. Here we go. Let's talk about chest feeding. You guys ever, ever heard of chest feeding before? Yeah, <laughs> what's that and laughs. So on the hot seat is chest feeding. Now chest, this chest well, the feeding hot seat is really well. The hot feeding, feeding would be breastfeeding, I guess. But the, this whole chest feeding craze is. Uh, is is getting more attention than than Cuomo's um, hiding of of nursing home deaths, but Mo, I'm sure you can probably assume. I know Ty knows about this. I'm sure you can assume what chest feeding is being used for. Um, chest feeding is the process of feeding a child human milk from a person's chest. It is a term that can be used by anyone, but often is used by transgender and non-binary people, for whom the words breastfeeding or nursing are not an ideal fit. Here are a few examples of people who may choose to chest feed. A transgender man may, cho- may choose to use the term chest feeding if they had surgery to remove breast tissue, known as chest mas- masculinization surgery, top surgery, or ch- male chest contouring surgery. <laughs> can can small- they still give milk if they do all that? I mean, I, I don't I don't know the anatomy There's of. There's got to be somewhere of, for the milk milk to go. Doesn't milk make your boobs big? 
Well, I don't think the milk just shows up in the boob. I'm, I'm sure it gets there somehow from another source. <laughs> Three I'm sure guys. they can figure out. This, wait, how does this happen? <laughs> so a small study done in 2017 found that this was the most frequently cited reason for preferring the term chest feeding. 2017, I've never heard of this until like a week ago. And then Ty sent me an article today. I don't have it up in front of me, but it, it's just – Again, it's just it's just talking more about, you know, um, how to, instead of referring to breast milk as breast milk, it's now chest milk. So we're, we're seeing a, a redefining of, you know, like the, the, the life source of young infants, you know, being being fed early on in the in the infant stage. Um, it's taking the world by storm right now. Chest I get feeding. a question. So. If you're a transgendered man, but you still have a baby come out of your vagina and still try and breastfeed it, how the fuck are you a man? Dude, gender is a social construct. It's, would you, know, would you still consider that? Like, I get if you're a transgendered man and like you want to identify as a man, you think you are a man. But would you still have give birth and try and breastfeed? Yeah, based on last week, we. I guess so. Yeah. Right? This shit can't be real. There's no oh, way. Oh, it's real, dude. Yeah, there's no way. Real. There's no way. <laughs> it's real. So the headline of this article is uh, from WPRI.com. Yeah. Um, so some move. Uh, that this is the title. Some move to change quote breast milk to quote chest or quote human milk in an effort to be more inclusive in the united kingdom one hospital made intentional or, or excuse me international headlines for changing the term breast milk to human milk it's an effort to be more inclusive to transgender and non-binary parents do you think transgenders and, and non-binary people are like pleading for this no, that's yeah, why I don't, I don't like there's no way it's I real. don't think like, so either. I think yeah. it's just like an overcorrecting. We see it all the time. It's just like, oh, well, we don't want, you know, to it's get on the wrong side. One fucking lunatic that says something yeah. like this and then it just spreads like wildfire. Yeah. Well, it sure I guarantee has. that nobody if, if you're that easily offended that the milk coming from your breast is being referred to as breast milk instead of chest milk, like you got problems. I mean, Clearly, you don't have that big of problems, I don't think. I think life's pretty good if you're choosing to focus on on things like yeah, that. Yeah, you mentally have problems. Yeah. You're mentally deranged. What Steve back in uh, his heyday when he was a little bit chonk, he could. I mean, he could have dude breast breastfed. He had some tits. <laughs> he had, he had nipples the size of like medium sized pepperoni. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Next on the hot seat is dogs. Now this this is getting this is gonna get more personal for us now because you know, we're all we're all dog people. You're doing but, all that um, breast, that milk. <laughs> that milk. All right, I'm off the chest milk. No more chest milk. No more breast milk. We're moving on. So in a, in her recent book called "The Lives and Deaths," I'm reading an article. That's I'm sorry. Let me tell you the article before I'll tell you t- title of the article. Good stretch, Mo. Keep going. I don't want to talk to your fucking paunch. That's why I'm lifting up my thing. I'm just going to switch in a standing desk. So the title of this article is Treating Dogs Humanely is Racist. (laughs) 
we, we needed that that music from the space odyssey like dun, 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 as it was raising up <laughs> all right so <laughs> treating dogs humanely is racist all right so let me explain because i'm sure you're wondering yeah treating dogs humanely is racist so in her recent book the lives and deaths of shelter animals katja gwenether claims that dogs are being killed because of quote capitalism white supremacy and patriarchy she argues that allowing dogs to sleep inside is a privilege reserved for the white and wealthy, and that policies against keeping dogs changed up in back, chained up in backyards are intended to oppress people of color by imposing, quote, middle-class norms of animal keeping in which companion animals are considered family and treated accordingly, which ignore the fact that people of color are, quote, themselves tra- are you know, quote, are themselves trapped in poverty, may have few options for legitimate income generation and possibly rely on their dogs for status. So, Ty, I don't know where, I don't know where your little pupperoo is, but you better get her ass outside because you are really showing your white, your white privilege here and white supremacy by, you know, giving that dog a nice warm home to, to sit in with a bunch of toys and giving it lots of attention you might want to cut that out. Like, so they now. literally want us to treat dogs like shit so that we yeah. are not white supremacists. Pretty much. That's that's I think that's where they were going with that. Trying to find a dog face, but no luck. No. That's close enough. Looks like more like a bear, but yeah, a I mean th- this is why like that that culture war of that side, like they they're flying around a room. They're like atoms. Like A T O M S Adams, like flying around. <laughs> I, I figured it was. Yeah. yeah. Um. Like they they just cross paths like so many different ways and contradict themselves. Like that's the same people that, you know, probably not the same people, but they vote the same. Uh, for you know, with people that are all about animal rights. So fucking. Yeah, weird. totally agree. And I I just don't know where like someone sits down and says, you know what I think, you know. I probably it's shouldn't amazing. treat my dog well. Yeah, it, it is. And, and it's hard for us to get into that frame of mind. So we'll never understand it. Not that I want to understand it. But part of me wants to put myself in their shoes and, and try to figure out why this is a logical conclusion they're coming to. But, you know, th- there will be more of these, I'm sure, in the in future segments. All right. This is the last one of, like, the miscellaneous stay woke topics. And then we're going to get into one that, you know, they're all kind of in the same category. This one Ty sent me earlier today. The hot seat is trophies, specifically the Lombardi trophy. Ooh. Okay. So, I mean, we all, we all watched the uh, Super Bowl. You know, Tom Brady uh, gets his seventh Super Bowl, oh, and yeah. he's, he's no stranger to Lombardi trophies. This would be his seventh. And, uh, you know, they had a, obviously had the, the big parade in Tampa, and they had a boat parade. And, there's a video that was going around of Brady on one boat, pretty much like his boat with his kids and another boat, like full of just other football players, Gronk and uh, Gronk in particular. And there's someone on the Gronk boat taking a video of Brady tossing the trophy over yeah. to Gronk or Cameron Brady. I forgot who actually caught it, but you know, everyone's cheering and laughing about it. Brady got lit up. You know, it was just, it was a, it was a funny thing to watch and it was, it was definitely enjoyable, but 
not for Lorraine Gross. You guys know who Lorraine Gross is? Nope. Nope. She's the daughter of Greg Gross, who is the silversmith who crafted the first Lombardi trophy. And she says that Tom Brady's trophy toss. um, A lot of hours go into it. It just really upset me that this trophy was disgraced and disrespected by being thrown as if it was a real football. I didn't sleep for the past two nights because of this. I was that upset because I, I know the passion that goes into this trophy and how my dad and all, all his fellow silversmiths are so proud to make this. I personally would like an apology, not just to me and my family an and the silversmiths, um, but to the, to the fans. <laughs> yeah, because I'm sure the fans are demanding an apology. Now, these people are, these people are would, fucking ridiculous. They are. <laughs> You would think that the trophy that's being tossed around is the one that her father made. It's like the 50-something trophy that's been made. And my guess is that her dad's probably deceased at this point and hasn't been involved in making trophies at all. So that's like my first thoughts. Like, this isn't like they're tossing around like the one Lombardi trophy. There's a shitload of Lombardi trophies out there. Yeah, they literally put like pour silver into a mold. (laughs) And you legit into a mold. And, and let and it then cool. I think they, and then... That's it. <laughs> it's not like and the I fucking... I think there's multiple of each Lombardi trophy, too. Of course. They have, they have backups. They have to. Yeah. And I think they give them to different people. I'm surprised this didn't come out. Remember when Gronk dented yeah. his trophy? Like, like, I think it was in the Rams Super Bowl, like like the, yeah. the more recent Rams Super Bowl. What did he try and Gronk spike it? No, he was like hitting a baseball with it, like a yeah. bat. Yeah. Uh, Surprised Lorraine didn't say anything about that. I'm surprised she was waiting for this. Part of me thinks that, like, you know, that it's almost like she doesn't realize that her thoughts are going out there for all people to hear. Like, it's it's not like she uh, looks like, like a local into... TV news interview. So she definitely didn't. She was probably like, oh, just the people in the town will hear it. 